Action Fanatics, the Bulletproof Podcast is back, and I am your host, Chris the Brain. Joining me for this amazing return to the podcasting world, it's Chad Cruz. Chad, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you very much, Mr. Brain. And you know what? The people were were begging, they were pleading, uh, they were they were protesting, they were saying, where the fuck is our Bulletproof Podcast? Right. And uh, you know what? We're here. We're here for you people. That this is what we do, right? This, this is what we do. We make they, you feel better. I hope so. Uh, like a why masseuse. Else would, why a, else would they be listening? At, like a masseuse at a hidden underground massage parlor. Yeah, we're here to make you feel good. Yeah, that may be. Uh, well, it may explain the scheduling conflicts we've had. Yeah, we had technical difficulties last time out. We were going to bring you Surf Ninjas. Yes, that did. We we recorded, but the audio there was a problem. And then after that, we've had nobody could match up schedules. So here we are a little late with this episode. And, and this is not going to be Surf Ninjas. In fact, Chad, this is about as opposite of Surf Ninjas, I think, that we could get. Right. And, you know, you know, really, to, we had we had some technical difficulties, as you mentioned. Do you know who I blame for that? Uh, me, probably. No, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and put the blame fully on Rob Schneider. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He deserves um, it. <laughs> but that yeah, you're shit. You're right. We 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 selected a movie, uh, or you selected a movie. Actually, you know, you you'd kind of given me the opportunity to to, to pick a movie out of uh, a handful from a specific actor, and and I kind of just treaded water for a while without making a real selection, and then boom, you yeah. said this. You said this is what we're doing, bitch. Yeah, well, because, you know, it was the 40th anniversary, and we're talking yeah, about 10, 10 to Midnight, starring Charles Bronson. So, yeah, the past weekend, 40th anniversary for this uh, very unique uh, Charles Bronson, Bronson movie uh, in his canon years, really in his entire career. Um, but speaking of his canon years, this was actually voted number one on our ranked, the Charles Bronson, the canon years list. And I can understand why. Because yeah, I mean... This movie, much like we've talked about Predator, much like we've talked about RoboCop, it kind of crosses genres. Yeah, it and does. So you've it's, got action, you've got horror, you've got a just a straight up thriller. Yeah, it appeals to a lot of people. Naked people, yeah. It, it appeals to a, a lot of different segments. So yeah, it makes sense that it was number one. It's a strange flick, like you said. It kind of it bridges many gaps. Um, I don't know. You know what? It, it, I don't think I'd ever watched the entire movie all the way through. And I'd, I'd seen a few bits and pieces here and there, but not enough to really put it all together. So I, you know, oh, there's a lot look, of bits and pieces in this movie. Already. There's some bits and there's some pieces. All right. And then, uh, yeah. And I watched every bit of it. So, well, I'm glad, you know, and again, the 40th anniversary, what a perfect reason to do so. Uh, so let's get into it because this one was again just celebrated 40th anniversary release March 11th, 1983, directed by Jay Lee Thompson, who did a lot of movies with Charles Bronson. Bronson was very particular with who he worked with, and and Jay Lee Thompson certainly had the Bronson seal of approval. Yeah, I think to to work with a guy like that, you almost have to have him on your side because he's 
Uh, he wasn't a young man, you know, trying to break into the business. He was already an old geezer at this point. So he, uh, yeah, he probably only had certain directors that he would even listen to. Absolutely. I mean, and that was the benefit of being Charles Bronson, you, especially with in the canon years. I mean, he called his own shots and and they wanted a star and they got a star, but they had to play by Charles Bronson's rules. So as the movie begins, we see some of the less than glamorous aspects of police work. He's just kind of sitting there at his desk trying to type up a report. He's got a crazy old coot confessing to murders. I mean, he, he probably, you know, Leo Kessler is Bronson's character. He knows this guy didn't do anything. He's just looking for a place to stay because he's presumably homeless. Yeah, you get the old uh, three hots and a cot, you know. Some, for some people, it's worth it. And at this point, though, they're a little full this week, so he's going to have to come back next week and confess to something else. Um, <laughs> there's also a reporter there uh, trying to get a scoop about whatever Leo's working on because there has been some killings going on. And we get a great line from Bronson where he's, I'm not a nice person. I'm a mean, selfish son of a bitch. I know you want a story, right. but I want a killer, and what I want comes first. It's funny as you got these these very pro police movies, and they always very they seem to be very anti reporter. Yes, you ever notice that? Yeah, and, and that was back in eighty three. Imagine how yeah. they'd be now. It'd just be, ugh, it'd, it'd be horrible. So we get into opening credits. Um, and when those are done, we get our first look at Warren Stacy, played by Gene Davis. And he's like creeping on his, his coworker, Betty, and watching her get in her boyfriend's van. And uh, Betty and her boyfriend, they're heading to the lake, Chad Cruz. Yeah, they should have had Gina Davis play that role. <laughs> well, maybe, no. You wanted a female? I don't, gender, I don't gender people, man. Okay. Uh. Well, Warren is remembering when he uh, randomly at, at the office unzipped the back of Betty's dress, which is not appropriate behavior. Uh, anybody no. listening, uh, it wasn't appropriate in 83. It's not, a, it's even worse now. If you even said, I see the zipper on your dress, you'd probably get a harassment right. claim on you now. But And it's kind of weird. Like you were saying, he was watching her leave with her boyfriend in the van and he's kind of having these weird, like, I, I couldn't tell at first if they were like dreams or memories. I, I didn't really know what they were. Yeah, um, I, I took it as a flashback to. I, you're probably right, but like what it told she, that's me why was, that's why she's going with this guy in the van and he's sitting there watching. Yeah, what it told me was he's not all there. No, he he is not. And then we see him at home uh, in his bikini briefs and blow drying his hair, practicing with his knife and jamming to his tunes. And I thought to myself, this is probably Chad Cruz in his college years. This that's more like post college years, you okay. know, like where I I don't have anything to do tomorrow, so I could still I could an eligible bachelor treat myself a little bit, you know. Yeah, yeah, self care, self care. Uh, so Warren's got you know, the reason he's he's getting all gussied up because he's going to the movies to see Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, and Warren he's got an eye for the ladies and can't help but uh, take notice of the one of the uh, girls in front of them in the line and ask the cashier if you know oh do you know who that girl is oh yeah her name is tina and now we get to see warren's uh, warren try to make a move on, on tina but yeah. uh, he has an ulterior motive to it but still interesting to see his technique jet it's a bold strategy you know he just kind of like yeah, he just kind of starts talking to her as they're walking into the film and then he sits next to him 
kind of crowding their space a bit and in a theater that certainly wasn't full plenty of seats left and he's offering a popcorn he's just very confident you know but i mean did you mention uh how tina looked at all i didn't you you're you're oh welcome my gosh to. You, i had to look her up yeah. i wasn't sure if i'd find what i'd find out there but i had to give it a try yeah were you successful chad cruz i was not oh, i was sorry. not there wasn't much out there so sadly seems to be it was only her only film well there you go um that's a shame that she didn't uh, make a go of it but but they're not they're not big fans of warren you could say that no no i mean and, and you can understand that they're two young ladies and just this guy's very forward with them um, so they ask him to leave. He won't do it. So they get up and leave and they go a few rows in front of him. Um, and this is where Warren makes his move and he sneaks over to the men's room and this, he sneaks out the window and he's going up to the lake. So, but this is perfect because mm-hmm. he now has an alibi. He does. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Like it's, it's a smart move on his part. Um, I don't know how far away the lake is, but. Yeah, it's pretty smart because you start to piece it together as you're watching. For someone who had, uh, I'd never seen this part of the movie ever. So I'm like, what the hell is this guy doing? And then I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, this makes a lot of sense. This is what I would do if I was going to kill a bunch of people. Oh, boy. (laughs) And and would you do this next part? Because once he gets to the lake, he sheds all his clothing. Yeah. So we get naked Warren and he sees that van a rocking. And he don't give a shit. He's going to knock. Actually, he doesn't yeah. even knock. He just opens the door. Yeah, he does. He he kind of watches for a brief moment. Yeah. Um, and then I feel like they doesn't she spot him? I be, Yeah. She and then freaks he's like, out. Ah. Okay, I'm just going to open it. You know, the cat's out of the bag, so yeah. to speak. I'm opening this door. Kills the boyfriend. She takes off running. So we got a naked chase in the woods. Yeah. Uh, and she's just begging for her life before he eventually just brutally murders this poor girl all because she did not take kindly to him unzipping her dress at work. Yeah. He's clearly has some issues. Um, and, and you know what? I think that despite the fact that I think he's got a good strategy, uh, you know, his, his plan as, as far as the alibi and then ditching the clothes. So he doesn't get blood on him. I think he's got one problem brain. What's that? You gotta you gotta shave that bush because <laughs> you can't afford one right one curly hair popping <laughs> off. But you know? was was forensic forensic science as good as it is now back in eighty three? I don't think DNA evidence came into play till uh, right right around this time, so it might not have been use, usable in court yet. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that's probably, but yeah, I mean, admissible. Definitely a sign of the times. Right. Uh, for for everyone involved. Um, so, yeah, we, he gets we see what Warren's all about. So once that's done, he sneaks back into the theater the same way he went out. Um, and he's back before the movie ends. So when Tina and her friend get up, there he is in the where they last saw him. They have another little verbal exchange on the way out. And again, Warren has created this perfect alibi. He's a creeper, but he's a smart creeper. Yes, and it seems like so many of them are. At least, you know, it seems like they got away with a lot of this crap back in the day. All you got to do is put on Netflix and you see 50 documentaries about these serial killers. Exactly. 
Um, so now that obviously there's a crime scene at the lake, and that's where we're going to see Leo is going to meet his new partner, who has foolishly, Chad Cruz, spit gum on the ground of this crime scene. It's Paul McCann, played by Andrew Stevens. It's kind of a kind of a dumbass move. Um, yeah, I mean, and even like, I feel like maybe even after he spit it, he realized it, but he didn't pick it up. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's Leo who picks it up and uh, returns it to McCann in his pocket. Yeah, which uh, I'm sure his dry cleaner appreciated. Um, Andrew Stevens and uh, Bronson had worked together prior to this in Death Hunt, which is another fantastic mm. movie that we'll probably have to. We'll have to cover that one one day. Yeah. So, uh, quick story, basic training story. Um, back in back in the day, military oh. days, a uh, guy spit a big old loogie out, and it landed on like the pavement, like on the sidewalk or something. And he got spotted. Drill sergeant spotted him, and he was like, "Pick up that fucking loogie!" And he was like. Drill sergeant, what do I do with it, drill sergeant? He's like, put it in your pocket. So here he's bending down, picking up this gross yellowish loogie, and he had to put it in his pocket. It was pretty funny. And that is the type of story you are only going to get here on the Bulletproof Podcast. Chad Cruz, you and your worldly way. Yes. That's, what, that's how I would describe them, yes. Yeah. I sure would as well, obviously. So we also meet the boss of uh, Paul and Leo, the one and only Wilfred Brimley. Played Captain Malone. Always good to see Wilfred show up. Yeah, he's, you know, he's somewhat limited in this role, but yeah. A familiar face. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, after that, we get to visit to the medical examiner. I wanted to point out the uh, the guy who played the medical examiner, Jerome Thor, uh, actually was in many a Bronson movie. Um, Murphy's Law, Kinjite, Love and Bullets, St. Eyes, Messenger of Death. And one of the things that I have learned about Mr. Bronson is a lot of these older actors, he would make sure they got parts to keep their SAG benefits going. Oh, that's cool. So that was one of the things he did. Another person who did that was Angela Lansbury on Murder, She Wrote. She would let a lot of uh, the, you know, old school Hollywood make sure they, they were working and, uh, yeah, keeping their benefits. So good on both of them. You ever uh, look at photos of her when she was young? <laughs> did, was this your alternate search after you couldn't find anything on Tina? She was lovely. I'm just saying. I'm just putting it out there. Okay. Um um, now we see Warren at work and he basically works in an office, like a secretarial pool, but he's like the guy who is in charge of maintaining the typewriters and all that. Um, it's kind of a creepy it before there was a creepy <laughs> yeah. it, uh, I basically. Guess. Yeah. Uh, so, and while he's there, Warren's supervisor gets a call that Betty is dead. Obviously the, the office is in complete shock. Um, and Warren is just. Like, obviously, he just, I guess he's pr- trying to act like he, too, is shocked, but yeah, he, he knows. It, he knows it's the, the deal. It's really the perfect perfect office for a creepo like him because it's just a bunch of beautiful, yeah, young, women. 20-something women. It doesn't make sense when you look around that room. Yeah, like he couldn't get any of them to agree. Yeah. 
I feel like there was like a, a casting call for young, attractive women, and they're like, ah, right, whatever, just all of them, just send them all. They're all hired. Right. Yeah. We'll just, find a spot for them. <laughs> indeed, indeed, we will. So um, now, Leo and Paul, I have to. Uh, Remo's not happy. Uh, what do you want, dog? <laughs> are you? Are you what? <laughs> Wilfred Brimley was your boss in another movie. <laughs> this is this is what we deal with here at the Bulletproof Podcast. Uh, so yeah, Leo and Paul are getting to know one another because unfortunately they have the the task of going to tell Betty's family about what has happened to Betty. Um, and as they're driving, uh, one of the things Paul mentions is that Leo probably thinks he's a profound pain in the ass. And Leo agrees with him on that. And it, just like Remo is a profound pain in my ass. Uh, and then they realize that they are driving in, uh, or Leo's like, hey, this I used to live here. This is my old neighborhood. Um, it tells us a wonderful story about a drugstore owner who was hooked on morphine. Hmm. As only Charles Bronson could deliver the line. Um, and then that's when uh, Leo realizes something horrible that he actually knows the parents of Betty. Betty was friends with his daughter, Lori, growing up. So this is going to be a less, I mean, it's never a good thing, but right. this is just went up enough. I, I wonder if the, uh, you know, the America's war on drugs, because you don't see many people addicted to morphine anymore. I that's, know it's just that's, been re- that's one we won. It's, we saying? won that one, but it's been replaced with like seven other opiates. So exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah. But yay for morphine. Yeah, morphine. Uh, Betty's parents at first are happy to see their old friend Leo. Like, oh, we haven't seen you in years, but uh, yeah, it's not for good reason. Um, so now that takes the investigation to Betty's apartment and interviewing her roommate and they have to kind of ask her about her her love life um and that's where the roommate drops a little nugget of information about obscene phone calls from a man who spoke spanish and that is going to come into play as the movie progresses we then see something that i have seen in so many charles bronson movies him at a funeral Yeah, that's like his uh, his hangout spot. I, you know, if, if you know, I know obviously Amazon uh, now owns the MGM library. If I would say CGI Bronson in every funeral scene in every movie you own, just just to do it, just have him back there as an Easter egg, any funeral scene because he's already in about ninety. So I why wonder, not just do them all? We we should do a like a collage of pictures of him at funerals and see if you can guess which movie they're from. Oh, that'd be a good, good, that'd be a good uh, Instagram material. I'll have to see if I can make that happen. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Bulletproof Action. Uh, so yeah, we get to the funeral. This is where we meet uh, Leo's daughter, Lori, played by Lisa Eilbacher. Uh, she's a student nurse. Um, and we find out like her and her dad have kind of grown apart uh, since mom died. And obviously Leo's a hardworking man. She's doing her thing. And, and they're, they're not as close as they once were, Chad. Yeah. You know, that I almost thought it was going to be a divorce that separated the parents. Um, that kind of would have made more sense, I guess. But yeah, mother died. And then ever since then, 
it's been tough for them as a as a father daughter combination. Right. Um, Leo, you kind of see he sees creepy Warren among the intent attendees at the funeral which is a ballsy move by warren but i guess he's trying to keep up appearances like he said about his co-worker um and then betty's father pulls leo aside and says you know betty kept a diary and she wrote everything everybody she went out with everything she did it's all in that diary so that could be helpful to you in this investigation uh warren happens to hear that conversation so that's bad news um, and but before he could do anything about it, Lori stops him and she has this feeling like she has met him before and couldn't quite place it. Um, and we'll figure that out as this movie goes on as well. Um, so then we see Warren make his way to Betty's apartment. Um, and the nightstand drawer, though, Chad, is locked. Oh, boy. So Warren goes and gets a knife from the kitchen trying to pry it open. But then Betty's roommate, Karen, comes home. This causes Warren to have to hide. Karen's out doing her thing. She's clueless. As, as Why would she think anybody's hiding in her apartment? She's yeah, just, why would you? She's just going about her day. Her boyfriend calls. You know, hey, yeah, I'm going to make something to eat, get a little rest, come on over a bit later. Um, she turns on her soft rock station. Something I know you do a lot. Always. Um, and some, uh, another thing you do a lot, fry up some eggs. I love a good, I love some eggs. Yeah, I eat a lot of eggs. And then uh, that's when old naked Warren emerges out of the closet and she gets stabbed. It's, you know, the the way that Warren kills all these people is kind of strange. You know, he just like, yeah, like one stab kills yeah. them. It, it's kind of a weird thing. I know at one point uh, Bronson says something about like, uh, I think maybe during the autopsy, they say, you know, was she raped? No, because his knife is his penis. Yes. And I guess that makes, that kind of is the most descriptive way of putting it. Like when he kills these women, he's like. He's fucking them. That's it, man. Yeah. Um, everything but the cleanup, I guess. <laughs> um, but he, uh, yeah, he he shanks her right there in the kitchen. And then he runs right back to the nightstand. And he's just like fucking stabbing it, like trying to get at it. I mean, he probably could have just smashed it on the ground, I guess, but whatever. Probably, yeah. Yeah, I mean, guys, he's got a knife, prying a knife, and his junk is out. That's freaking crazy. That is dangerous. Yeah, you don't think about that. Plus, he could have got splinters, too. Uh, you don't want a splinter there. Uh, <laughs> but he gets there. He sees a little boxer that the diary would be kept in, but the diary isn't there. So this was all for not poor Karen just died for no reason. She was gorgeous too. She really was. And I remember, I think it was in the commentary. Maybe it was in, uh, uh, one of the books, Paul Talbot's books where the, the actress had no idea how to make eggs. (laughs) How do you not know how to make eggs? Uh, That's, I think what Jay Lee Thompson said, how do you not know how to crack an egg and fry an egg? Uh, Yeah. I love that. So uh, that's a, a little tidbit there for everybody. Uh, so, uh, the reason the diary wasn't there is because our cops got to it first. Leo and Paul got it first. And when Warren gets back to his place, who is waiting for him, but old Leo Kessler, Paul McCann, um, since Warren was named in the diary. So they're just going through the list and, and talking to everybody. Um, and one of the, the words that Betty had for, for Warren was that he was good looking, but a creep and told him to get lost. 
Yeah, I've heard that before. I'm, I imagine you have. Um, so, you know, then they start asking him some questions, try to trip him up. And they even say, you know, these are games we play just to, to see what's going on. But here's where things get interesting, Chad. Uh, mm-hmm. Leo asked to use the bathroom. And <laughs> the Bruce Lee poster on the door is the least strange thing. Mm-hmm. Why would you hang a poster in a, like, no frame in a room that's going to get all steamy? It's a strange place. You know, I used to have a, a picture of Jeff Goldblum looking very intensely. Yeah. And uh, it was on the wall facing you as you were shitting. And it just said, Jeff Goldblum is watching you poop. Perfect. And that was it. It was fun. You know, it was Did a it help, conversation yeah, starter. Exactly. Um, my uncle in his office had a autographed Robert Klein photo above the toilet. Huh. I, I don't know why. I never really Interesting. asked. Uh, but when he brought some stuff over for me to eBay for him, uh, that Robert Klein photo's in there. I don't know if I could sell it or if I have to m- mention that it was in a bathroom for most of its life. You cut, yeah. You know, it's like the the Seinfeld episode about the library. Books. You're right. Is it flagged? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I might be flagged. So, if anybody sees a Robert Klein autographed photo on uh, eBay, you and you don't want something from a bathroom, don't bid on it. Maybe it makes it more valuable. Some people. It could. It, it some could. people were into that weird stuff. Indeed, and and Warren seems to be into some different stuff. Uh, he is. Because there's like a porno mag, and it looked like it was like gay porno though. Yeah, I think it was a dude on it. Yeah, and then he has this old school sex toy uh, that has to plug in the wall, which seems dangerous. Uh, yeah, I would say that that you you really got to want to use that one, <laughs> and you have to be close to a plug. Yeah, you got to be close to a plug because yeah, that cord wasn't like super long. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so Bronson finds that, or Leo finds that. Um, and meanwhile, Paul's out there looking at the bullfighting poster, kind of finds out that Warren knows a little bit of Spanish at least. So that's another little ah. These detectives are good, man. These detectives are good. Um, but while they're there, they get a call that about Karen. Uh, so they have to kind of cut their little time with Warren short. <laughs> Um, but they now have enough to kind of bring in old Warren. And, uh, this is where we get uh, another Bronson classic, Robert F. Lines. He's been in a number of, uh, Bronson films, Death Wish 2, most notably. He was also in uh, Platoon Leader with Michael Dudikoff. Oh, wow. How about that? So definitely a canon guy as well as a Bronson guy. Um, we find out that when Warren was 12, um, he <laughs> He cut the neighbor girl. Um, so this is behavior that's gone back and then ended up throwing a dead cat through her window. Uh, so Warren's been screwed up for a long time, Chad. Yeah, I think the fact that it was a girl, you know, maybe she denied him like these other women have. Maybe that's the reason, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah it would make sense. Um, but while they're interviewing or while, you know, Leo's interviewing Warren, we find out that Tina and her friend from the movies are there and they positively ID Warren saying that he was there before, during, which they really don't know that. And, but they have, why, why would they assume he wasn't, he was there at the start. He was there when they left. I don't think when he was, he probably got up, snuck out the bathroom, went to the lake and killed someone. No one's thinking that except Warren. Right. That's why it was such a good plan. And you know, it's, it's a great thing that they brought, Tina back 
um, <laughs> because I appreciate that. But I know you do. But yeah, it just it reinstills the idea that uh, yeah, that was a damn good plan, and, and it's really paying off now. Yeah, um, and his whole not wearing clothes while he kills people thing was a great plan, also. But we'll see how that doesn't quite work out for him later. But why his sleazy lawyer knows that? Yes, <laughs> that uh, why it's not going to work out. But yeah. We, uh, we won't. We'll get there when we get there. Remo's destroying something, but that's fine. It's We're like going to keep making eggs. Is he making eggs? He might be. He may have figured out how to make an egg uh, sooner than old uh, Karen did. Uh, so yeah, while that's going on, so Leo basically says, "You get back at the girls that won't go to bed with you, don't you?" He doesn't realize that the whole positive ID thing is going on. He pulls out the plug-in sex toy. What's this used for? It's he should have used it. It's it's for jacking off, isn't it? <laughs> so if you ever wanted to see Charles Bronson holding a sex toy and saying the words, it's for jacking off, isn't it? Then 10 to Midnight is absolutely the movie for you. Um, and and it, Leo's just getting more and more wound up in, the, in that interrogation. Oh, yeah. Um, and even once, he, you know, once he gets cut loose because of this ironclad alibi and, and really he has no evidence. Leo's like, this is our freaking guy. This is our guy. He's the one doing this shit. I just know it. Um, and you know, cop instincts are dead on, but there's that pesky thing called proof. Yeah. Having evidence is, is pretty important in an investigation, especially when you're going to a jury trial and it seems like that's where this is headed. Um, at this same time, Lori has come to visit, uh, her father. Um, and cause she has a picture from the company picnic she was invited to where that's where she had first seen creepy Warren. Um, and all, you know, Leo's just too busy. And, uh, so McCann goes out, deals with Lori. Um, you know, cause Leo's begging, oh, Captain Malone, Hey, we need to bring him back in. Um, but it just, He's like, we have nothing to bring him in on. So uh, McCann finds out that Betty was actually scared of creepy Warren. And, uh, you know, they t- talk about uh, his getting even with those who wronged him and all that. Uh, you know, he was saying weird shit like that. So that's <laughs> like a red flag. Big time. Yeah. And he was, you know, for a guy who's so cautious and, and careful when he murders these women he's he certainly wasn't good at that kind of thing when he wasn't murdering women <laughs> right he, he spilled the beans there he acts like a total psycho well yeah i mean i guess you know that's usually what happens they they slip up somewhere along the line and uh that's how the uh, that's how they're caught so uh what this ends up doing though is unfortunately for Lori, she is now going to be warren's new obsession and he starts watching her and her friends at the nursing school and she gets her first obscene call in Spanish from Warren. And some great lines on these uh, <laughs> these calls. Perhaps Can you read of, some of them to us? Perhaps about, uh, my name is Pedro. That means Peter. And I've got the biggest one you've ever seen is certainly one. And uh, mm-hmm. something about fucking her in the ass, I believe. Yep. Oh, the best one I think is I wouldn't piss on the best part of you if you were on your knees begging for it. 
This this all reminds me of things that were said in chat rooms back in like the late nineties. All right. Well, there you go. This weird chat that's, rooms. That's what Chad Cruz was doing in the late nineties. <laughs> everybody. So. So Leo and Paul uh, go visit uh, Lori at the hospital. Uh, we kind of get to see her meet her roommates real briefly. Um, Leo wants to do better as a father. Um, and uh, before she leaves, Lori mentions that there's a party that night and McCann is welcome to come. Uh, he politely declines. But uh, then she remembers to tell him about that obscene phone call. And suddenly... McCann's schedule is free and he wants to go. They know yeah. something's up. They know. He's a good detective, right? He like is. he's getting better. I think spending time with Leo is kind of making him a better detective. And he's kind of, you can see Leo reacting to that mm-hmm. when, when Paul's like, yeah, I can go to that party. Like you can see Paul kind of, or Leo kind of like, oh, he's, he's coming along. He's coming along. Right. And McCann takes a police radio over there and, uh, device to to tape these calls gives them some safety tips and then it's party time there's some dancing there's talk about prostate checking yep and there's a couple fucking in the laundry room oh and did you recognize one of the members of that uh fucking couple i did not it was mazelli from missing in action 2 is that right and I had just seen Missing Good Action too. I think that's the only reason I knew because it was just the voice. Because in there he looks a bit, you know, he's a freaking POW. He's got a beard and all shaggy and everything. But <laughs> it was that voice. I'm like, I just heard this voice. You recognized his naked backside. I well, he's not naked in Missing in Action too, though. Oh, so that that theory does not hold. Sorry. So it does, no. Um. So yeah. They do that. After that, it's like, okay, let's get out of here. You know, this college life is a little bit, or just, yeah, it's too much for old uh, Paul McCann. Goes out to dinner with Lori, takes her back to her dorm, and that's when we get yet another call, and that was where he hits the, I wouldn't piss on the best party line. Um, McCann takes that tape over to Leo, and after he hears that call, now you talked about the wheels turning before. <laughs> the wheels are really turning now, and he's like, no, he ain't, he is not doing this to my daughter. Right. But can you go home? I got to think about what we're going to do next. But he already has the plan and he goes to the uh, lab, catches the lab tech played by his real life stepson, Paul McCallum, Mm -hmm. smoking some marijuana. It says, Hey, I got this tape analyzed needs to be analyzed. So he, while the tech goes and puts that away, Leo sneaks in and gets a syringe full of Betty's blood. Yeah. He's, I mean, talk about people with good plans. Like this is a pretty damn good plan. Yeah. Because the one thing he does not know is that this would be impossible to happen because he does not know that Warren gets butt ass naked to do his killings. And it's not like Warren can just come out and say that. (laughs) Right. Like, no, I did it naked. Of course. He wants to though. You could tell he wants to. At one point, but uh, yeah, he can't. He, he tells, I'm sure he tells his lawyer, as I mentioned before. Um, so yeah, he goes to the thing, plants the evidence. Uh, and then once they get the voice match from the obscene call and his, what they recorded when they brought him in, that's enough to bring him in. They bring the clothes, find the blood on the clothes. McCann, you know, 
then finds out that Leo, though, was at the lab. And now this whole thing that seemed like, oh, this is perfect. It's finally worked out in our favor. Nope, it's not so. And we meet uh, Dave Dante, played by Jeffrey Lewis. Always good to see him. What a great head of hair he's got here. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know that it's... (laughs) Natural, but uh, yeah, it's certainly more hair than I've ever seen uh, Jeffrey Lewis have before in his life. So yeah, and it's funny because you know he's 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 very confident when we meet him because they've got him for you know making these obscene calls and such, but nothing like murder. And Jeffrey Lewis is like, hey, you know, sign the paperwork. I'll take care of this. You'll have you out in no time. And then all of a sudden they walk in. Leo walks in and informs him. You know, now they got him a murder one or whatever it is. And Warren flips his shit. So yeah, now at that point, uh, this is where you got to believe that uh, after he loses his shit, he talks to his his lawyer. Because attorney-client privilege, he could tell him whatever the hell he wants. Um, Because now Dante goes in front of the press and is like, this evidence is bull. This is, it's fabricated. And we will prove that. Um, But meanwhile, now, Lori is very proud of her dear old dad. He got this son of a bitch. Everything's great. Um, But now Dante stops and finds McCann. And again, he's very confident about this evidence being fraudulent. Right. And and how do you think that Jeff Lewis would have proven that it was fraudulent, that it was fabricated? That's the tough. Yeah, it's like he was playing uh, almost like they were playing chicken. Right. Like nowadays you're like, okay, we've got video of Leo going to the right. evidence locker or exactly. whatever. And we've got exactly. video of him doing this, but you don't have any of that stuff. Or so. entering Warren's apartment building or right. something. They, they'd have something. Yeah. So it was almost, yeah, he was playing a game of chicken because, and you would think, well, perhaps, you know, he had that backup plan all that we'll hear about here in a bit because, uh, you know, he's like, well, no, my, cause we know he didn't cause he did it nude and he's insane. So right. insane asylum. So I guess that was his, his backup, but uh, yeah, he, he played a game of chicken and it ends up working in their favor as we will find out here. Um, you know, cause McCann now has, he's put together what Leo did. Um, and as I just mentioned, Dante's like, you know, worst case scenario, we do an insanity plea cause you'll walk out of a mental hospital they'll carry you out of the gas chamber. Yeah. Um, McCann has to confront Leo, which is not easy. I'm sure. Um, but, and, and Leo admits, yeah, I did what I had to do. Cause this guy's got to go. This guy's got to be locked up. Right. He's got to be stopped. And I'll by any means necessary at this point. Um, and says it, forget what's legal and do what's right. But that's where McCann's like, well, this isn't right. Right. It is. Wasn't that the, um, one of the taglines on the poster. The, the tagline, yeah, that's that's a pretty good tagline. So we get uh, Robert F. Lines, the DA, making his opening argument. Hey, hey, brain, can you imagine if the tagline was "Forget what's legal and do what's right," and it had a picture of Bronson holding that plug-in dildo thing or whatever it was? <laughs> it'd be a much yeah, pussy. yeah, it'd be a oh. <laughs> Can you can you Photoshop that Photoshop that picture for me? I'm sure somebody can out there. I'm, somebody <laughs> out there is very skilled and, and okay. they could do that. Uh, and tweet it to us at Bulletproof Pod yeah, or at, at Chad Cruz. Actually, he's the one yes. who wants it. Uh, he'll probably take it to Office Depot, have it printed out, and frame. I'll print it up. Yeah, I'll I'll frame it, put it in my uh, 
my hallway of movie posters. Yeah, I'm sure that's really great for the whole family to uh, walk yes. by yeah. and take a gander at. So uh, as the DA is doing his thing, you know, he's all amped up, like, we're going to get this guy. And Leo interrupts him. The, they approach the bench. Charges are immediately dismissed. Uh, and yeah, so there's Warren, there's Dante celebrating. We get the great uh, shot of Leo watching the news later where they ask him for a, a comment. And he <laughs> says, why don't you go fuck yourself? Which now, is beautiful. If I said that on live TV, I would watch the news to see it as well. Absolutely, Yeah, they did bleep it out, obviously. Yeah, but sadly. Uh, it was a wonderful uh, bit. Uh, Leo, obviously, no longer a, a member of the LAPD uh, for his actions. Um, then there's Lori there. She's hanging out, getting drunk. She's actually pissed at McCann. But even, you know, Leo's like, hey, he did he did his job. If it was me, when I was his age, I'd have done the same thing. Yeah. And it, it really is a dilemma, you know, like, you know, this guy did it. And... But legally, you can't you haven't can't prove it. Like, what, what are you going to do? Like, right? Are you going to put him in prison for murder when you know he's a murderer, but you have no evidence that you you faked the evidence? I mean, it really is kind of a weird situation. And, and the other thing to to make it close to home is he was going after Lori. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, if I was Leo, I would have just shot him. Right. Right. Yeah. If it was regular <laughs> Bronson, he would have just taken care of it himself. But yeah, yeah uh, this is like trying to play by the. If it was yeah, Paul Kersey. Fucking Warren Stacy would have been gone a long time ago. A long time ago. Um, so Leo takes Lori home. Um, and then Warren calls Leo and he starts, you know, no, nah, he's like talking shit. He's going to get back at him. Like, he, yeah. you know, Warren, you're poking a bear here. You got away with this. You should let it go. But of course, Leo wasn't going to let it go either. So they start playing mind games with one another. Leo's following him. He's driving alongside of him. Um, he hangs up Betty's crime scene photos at at uh, Warren's place of work, which gets him fired. So now they're both <laughs> unemployed men <laughs> roaming around L.A. Um, you know, and, and word is now getting back to the cops, too, that, you know, you better watch it. Uh, McCann's like, you better watch it. We know that you're harassing uh, Warren's. And I'm sure Dave Dante's on, on top of that. Like nobody's business. Oh, yeah. Um, and now this is where we get into the, the finale because Warren has another plan, another seemingly perfect plan because he's going to spend the night with a hooker or so it seems. Yeah. He picks up this hooker. Leo follows him. Warren and uh, the hooker get to the cheap motel, tells the front desk, Hey, give us a wake up call in three hours. And the hooker, you know, the guy's like, you got your work cut off for you tonight, honey. <laughs> <laughs> so, they have some drinks. Uh, presumably, he must put something in the drink because she's yeah, out Yeah, I cold. think so. Because then he pours his out. He pours his in the toilet. And then, yeah, he's out the window. And he's heading to, to the hospital where uh, the dorms are. He's heading. He's going to get Lori. That's the, I mean, what better way to get back yeah. at Leo Kessler than to kill his daughter? And, and you know what this, this, this whole section of the movie reminds me of is... Uh, the movie, the Korean film, I saw the devil, All which right. I, which I covered on bulletproofaction.com. Uh, and you should totally read. It's a really crazy movie, but it's like the main characters. Uh, he's not a cop, but he's like an agent, like a federal agent or whatever. He, this serial killer 
he's basically just like doing what Bronson is doing, just following this guy around and like fucking his shit up constantly, like ruining his life. But in the movie, he's beating the shit out of him more than anything, but he's just ruining his shit. But the guy just kind of keeps getting away. He's letting him get in the way so much in the movie, but it's a really, uh, the last 20 minutes of this film is very similar to I Saw the Devil. So if you like that, watch this. And I will link that uh, review up on, uh, on this, uh, the podcast uh, post. So <laughs> Warren shows up at the door with uh, flowers. So you know, they don't think anything of it. It's for Lori. Butt-ass butt naked, by the way. But Well, they can only see through the people, so they just see a face, yeah. partial face in the, in the bouquet of flowers. So Leo's calling at that exact same time, but he's just a second too late because Hi. I believe it's Kelly Preston opens the door. Mm-hmm. For uh, old uh, Warren Stacy, and uh, that's she's done for. Um, Leo realizes something's wrong. He immediately calls McCann. He's headed over there. McCann's headed over there. Um, Warren is there interrogating the roommate, uh, her other roommate, asking him where Lori is. He's she's like, oh no, she's she's not here. She's at the hospital. She's working. He's not buying this shit though. Yeah, we got Ola Ray. She's in the shower. You know where Ola Ray is famous for? Chad Cruz. Uh, I don't know. She got a good pair of tits. I'll tell you that. Much. <laughs> she was in. She was a Playboy bunny, but she was uh, Michael Jackson's girlfriend really? in the Thriller video. Oh, okay. You, yeah, yeah. In, you, in the Thriller continue, video. Yeah, in the video. Yeah, not in real life. I don't, I don't think. Yeah, no, not in real life. Uh, and Lori, meanwhile, she's t- cut the light. She's hiding in the dark. She's helpless, and she just hears her roommates getting obliterated by this psychopath. She yeah. hides under the bed, and. Uh, <laughs> Yes, she does, Remo. And now we've got a naked and bloody Warren just slowly walking around. He finds the police radio. It's a very creepy, very tense situation mm-hmm. here, Chad. It is, and it, it really plays into the uh, the creepiness of Warren. You know, like there's so many things about this guy that you just don't like. You know, <laughs> right. not to, you know, he's a serial killer, of course, but like right. he's just like. Ugh, he's gross. He's just so unlikable. Like, yeah, you want to take a shower after watching this movie. Yeah, he's one of those types of people. And I think that, you know, that's that's part of the, that's what they're trying right. to do here. Obviously. Yeah, he's a bad and, guy. And it's like, you know, the Ted Bundy, like, he's like, he's a handsome dude. Right. He's a fit guy. Like, he shouldn't be just running around murdering people. Um, but, but he does. And that's what he's into. And he'll probably go home and plug in his whatchamahoo and <laughs> get at it. So, uh, yeah, he eventually finds her. Lori throws a lamp at him, tries to make a run for it, but there's a de- dead friend blocking the door. So, damn it. Kelly Preston. Kelly Preston, you're dead weight. Uh, <laughs> so she, she goes and locks herself in the bathroom. And yeah, Warren just kicking the shit out of the door. Uh, there's a car, and she's like, oh, that, that's my dad. You better get the hell out of here. He's like, all right, I'll be back, though. But then as he goes away, he hears that say, I, and I don't know how close. <laughs> Or how noisy these cars are. But here is the car pull away. Yeah. But she doesn't know that he heard that car pull away. So she's yeah. like, okay, now I'm going to go. Because now he had to move Kelly Preston's dead body to get out the door. Yeah. He find out he did not really leave. He should have done the old fake like stomp away. Like, here I go. Bye. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. He didn't do that. Um, But Lori is able to get out the door and run. But Warren is right after her. Um, Leo gets there, sees all the dead friends, and is like, where the hell's my daughter? And this leads to the big finale. There's a standoff in the street. 
Leo calls Warren a sick son of a bitch. <laughs> and uh, Warren you know, is like, okay, this is what my lawyer told me about. Yeah. I'm going to go insane. You know, I'm sick. I'm sick. There's nothing you could do. And, you know, I'll be back. And the whole world will have to do now, and and it's perfect. It's one of the best end <laughs> scenes in Bronson history because he just says, "No, we won't," and shoots the motherfucker right there. <laughs> and then the credits roll. And the credits roll. It's perfect. It's so good. It's. It, it would never happen today. No. Like you could never have this. Like people would flip their shit. <laughs> right. What about the due process? You know, they'd be going nuts. Uh, but yeah, he. Right, or, or they demand like he then you see Leo getting convicted and yeah, to he's got go. mental health issues. Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the damn cop shot him. Yeah, I loved it. It uh, is, yeah. Again, a lot of people. Again, number one when we when we did our Bronson uh, Cannon movies list, a lot of people love this one. I know I do, and it's hard not to say it's his best non Death Wish movie. It's obviously some people think it's just his best movie period. And again, so unique. It's something you're never going to forget once you watch it. Right. And I always, when we did the list and this came up, number one, I was a little surprised, I guess, because I, like I said, I'd never seen this movie all the way through. And so it certainly wasn't, wasn't my number one, but uh, I known a little bit about the film and it kind of like the, I don't know, sexual eroticism. Of part course. To it. Like this, I'd known those bits to it. Uh, just that there was like a naked dude killing people. Um, and maybe that kept me away from watching a brain. Maybe, maybe, maybe maybe that's what did it. But, uh, so I was always kind of surprised it was number one, but now having seen it and enjoyed it, I'm like, okay, I get it. Maybe I, it's probably still not my number one for Bronson, but it's up there. Death wish three will always be my number one. Uh, for it's pretty good. So, uh, there is that, but yeah, uh, a great, uh, great movie for us to cover. And again, the complete opposite end of the spectrum <laughs> from Surf Ninjas. But we will get to Surf Ninjas. We will get to Surf Ninjas. Uh, you know, you know, I didn't watch it for nothing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I, I didn't write about it, but I spent the damn 90 minutes watching it. So, so we, we will we, talk we about it. We will get to that here in the near future uh, schedule, depending. Um, and yeah, that was also the, another reason I definitely want to make sure we get to it is because it was a fan request. And that yes. was uh, our friend Oliver Kane, who just uh, you had, he had uh, ordered a T-shirt. And it's getting to be T-shirt season. And I know we still have yes. some uh, in the inventory. We got a few left in the inventory, and I think that it's the perfect time for you and and your your friends to get online and check out the bulletproofaction.com website and uh, find the uh, merchandise spot, and, and you will uh, you'll find yourself a wonderful quality T-shirt. We have three different colors with a uh, with one specific design that is so good you will shit your pants. Wow. And yeah. unfortunately we don't have replacement pants no pants no for pants. you to buy at this nope. point, but maybe down the road. Um, yeah. Oliver did receive his uh, shirt that he ordered and he said uh, that you wrote him a nice note as well. And he also referred to you as the great Chad Cruz. Wow. That was surprising. So I'm guessing you may have put a little bit of money in that note as well, but uh, I did not, um, but you did, do you know what I did do? Oh, in a, in a movie. I did. You, I put you gave a, dollar, him a tree dollar, dollar Tree special in there. Well, I, very I very good. much did. And, you know, we, we talk about Dollar Tree special films here a lot whenever we have Toy Man on. And and I have a, a shit, a bunch of Dollar Tree specials that are just sitting on a shelf that I've never even opened. 
and I have some good ones, some really good films. So I found one I thought would be a, a good good choice. So I threw it in there with the T-shirt. Very good. Yeah, I took a few of my Dollar Tree specials up to the old Goodwill. Oh, well, that's not, that's nice of you. Not too long ago. Um, I'm not so going to do that. And, you know, then I double backed and went to Goodwill like this past week. None of those movies I, I dropped off were there. So somebody got use out of it. They're not just... The I bet the guy in the back. Not just sitting there collecting dust or just sitting there taking up space. So there you go. What um, do you think Goodwill makes a year in profit? I, I really don't know. I bet it's an obscene amount. It probably is. I just, it's a pretty good pretty good scheme good, they have good, going there. Good, good racket if you can oh, get yeah. into it. Well, there you go. So yeah, if you want your own Bulletproof Podcast t-shirt, pick it up at BulletproofAction.com. Uh, while supplies last. Yeah, as, as they say. Um, and let's talk a little bit more about BulletproofAction.com because coming very, very soon next week, as a matter of fact, I'll be covering John Wick 4. I have my tickets ready to go. And unlike the theater uh, that Warren was in with Tina, this thing is looking packed. When I chose my seats, it was already more than half full. And this, you know, was with more than a week to go. I think that wow. is going to be packed opening night to see John Wick four. What is, what is your plans when it comes to snacks? Do you have a plan? Do you go in not knowing what you're going to get? Just kind of wait and see. What I, usually don't get a, I don't usually get a snack to be honest with you. No, Once no. in a while, it depends on, you know, like sometimes if I would go right after work, I would probably get a snack because yeah. I, hadn't, I hadn't eaten. You ever, you ever take one in with you? The no, old shove one up usually the old if, prison no, wallet. No, no, not at all. If I do get a snack, it's usually the the pretzel bites with the cheese dip. Okay, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good fourteen dollar yeah. purchase. Exactly. And that's another reason I don't <laughs> buy the snacks usually because yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's my thing. We also have a uh, you know Ryan Campbell's covering the Mandalorian, so that'll continue. And who that's knows? Exciting. Yeah. Who knows what else will go? Oh. I've got a, a screener for a Western starring Diamond Dallas Page. I saw that. Yeah, I got that one too. And I was uh, I was hoping you'd cover that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I guess I will. And, uh, and, and you know, there was a, that Sheldon Let It Short that uh, was recently released on YouTube. I, I think I'm going to check that out. Yeah. Can, can we talk about this new Kickstarter coming out? Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, yes. I saw that today. The Last Kumite, I believe it's called. Yes, sir. Featuring some of our favorite martial arts stars of the last 30 years. Cynthia Rothrock, I know, is in it. Uh, Maddie Hughes and uh, Kurt McKinney. Uh, all kinds of folks in that one. And even a Stan Bush song. Yeah. So, I mean, holy shit. Like, if you, if you ever wanted to have a wet dream tonight, just read the people that are in this flick. And uh, by all means, yeah. on Kickstarter.com and, and throw them some cash. Yeah, and I am sure I will post that on BulletproofAction.com, yeah. too, to make people aware of it. Yeah, and Cynthia Rothrock just had her successful Kickstarter for her Western film that she's making that had a ton of people in it. With uh, Don, uh, Don the Dragon, Don the Dragon Billy yeah. Blanks, who's also in The Last Kumite, mm -hmm. Keith Vitale. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, Kickstarter and action fans are, are making things happen over there, which is good to see. And yeah, I'm very, I saw that last Kumite news earlier and uh, yeah, very excited. I'm certain I'll be throwing my, uh, some money in there. At least get me a digital copy of the film. Upon yeah, I think it's, and there's even one of the, uh, 
one of the ways you can contribute, get you a cool little t-shirt they have. And yeah, they have nice t-shirts. Yeah. Another. Yeah. So yeah, you get our t-shirt, you get the last Kumite t-shirt, you, you know, you've just expanded your wardrobe by two shirts and that's pretty yeah. damn good. And your coolness by like 80%. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, also wanted to do congratulate our fellow Geekscape network podcasters, $2 late fee. They hit their 100th episode and they talked a little bit of blood sport with our good friend, Mr. Paul London. Paul London is such a treat to have on. And you know, when you're going to talk about a movie as as late legendary as blood sport, um, it's good to have a guy who not only knows a lot about the genre, knows a lot about action and, and fighting, but absolutely loves it. Oh, he, uh, yeah. Just passionate about it. So, and when I saw that the $2 Lafey guys were having PL on their 100th episode, I said, great minds think alike. Indeed. Because we're not too far off from our 100th episode. And uh, maybe that's when we'll have the return of Mr. Paul London. And speaking of Paul, uh, if you didn't get enough of us talking about Lionheart, rumor has it that's the next episode of Cinemarks with Paul London talking okay. Lionheart. So there's that. And I think they're going to do Police Academy after that, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, wow. So you never know what they're going to cover over there on the Cinemarks. Uh, so, yeah, some uh, some cheap plugs for our friends. They deserve it don't they jeffrey lewis cheap plugs <laughs> that was not those were more than plugs. That was a full-on <laughs> full-on lex, wig lex luthor wig from yeah superman, you're right superman the movie uh which surprisingly we haven't talked about that on yeah. show yet you know yeah maybe this is so much to cover you know there really is there really is i can't wait to talk about christopher reeve's uh bulge when we talk about that one, that'd be nice. Um, maybe I'll put that towards the bottom of the list. Now that you say that, you know what, uh, is, uh, red, blue and black all over and sits at the top of the stairs. No. What's that? Chad, Christopher Reeves in a house fire. Okay. Cause he's wearing a Superman costume. Yeah. I got he's it. all, he's all burnt up cause he's in a wheelchair. Yeah, he's, he's dead, Chad. I know. It's a terrible joke. It is, and you're a terrible joke maker. Thank you. So it goes goes hand in hand. Any other uh, thing you want to talk about before we wrap this thing up? Now, if anyone's still listening, uh, go do something useful. <laughs> yeah. Buy a t-shirt, for instance, or visit bulletperfection.com yeah. and click on everything. Just everything. <laughs> Every, every everything that has my name on it. Click every on. ad that you can possibly. Oh, yeah. Click, click on some ads for damn Yeah, shit. I don't give a shit about that pose. Click on damn the ads. Sure. That's, Buy some of that stuff. Buy some of it. Yeah, do that. Uh, and maybe next time we'll talk Surf Ninjas. Maybe not. That's I kinda, the. I kind of feel like we should because I'll forget it in a month. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll definitely try. We'll try to make that the next one. Uh, we'll, we'll get with Toy Man and see what his schedule's like and what your schedule's like. And what my schedule's like. Yes. You'll probably all be free next Thursday when I'm at John Wick, for instance. So that's the way things go here at the Bulletproof Podcast. Uh, but again, thank you, Chad Cruz. Always a pleasure to talk to you, sir. And talk about Bronson. I could talk about Bronson all day long. And I'm glad we got an opportunity to do that. Remo's got his squeak toy. That's always great. <laughs> that's something you want to hear, isn't it, people? Well, I hear yeah. this hours at a time sometimes. We're going to eventually cover Remo Williams, right? 
Oh, I think we almost have to. I'd say we should. Another the dog uh, will have to be on it with us. That'd be the one he actually shuts up for me. Right? What are you trying to communicate with? This could be some kind of Morse code. Yeah, he's probably calling you all kinds of pervert yeah. names. Probably calling me a motherfucker, but that's fine. <laughs> um, he, he's not the only one. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, stay tuned for more of the Bulletproof Podcast. listening to the Geekscape Network.